Today, we're going to continue with our third episode in the series of understanding better in meetings. Because there's nothing worse than sitting there when you're with a group of people and you're like, I really don't understand what's going on. And one of the biggest problems that you might find, especially if you work a lot with native speakers, is they use expressions, very colloquial ways to say things. And if you're not familiar with that, you can completely lose track of the conversation and not understand the meaning. Therefore, in today's episode, we're going to have a look at some more expressions that are likely to come up in business conversations in meetings. First of all, we're going to talk about an expression that's often used to describe a negotiation or what's happening in a negotiation. Secondly, a common complaint that a lot of people make when you are defining the scope of a project or you're working with somebody else to do something. And finally, we're going to have a look at a common expression which is used to defend your opinion even when people have objections. I'm going to break down these expressions one by one and hopefully by the end of the episode you're going to have a really good grasp on what these expressions actually mean when you're likely to hear them so that when you are in real life, in the meeting, and maybe you hear one of these things, you're not going to feel lost In fact, the opposite. You're going to be right on track and understand exactly what the other person is trying to say. Lots to do then today, so let's crack on. Hello and welcome to Confident Business English with Anna. I've designed this podcast especially for you if you are an international professional, but you lack confidence communicating in English in some area, but you want to work really hard to improve. If you find the episodes really beneficial and you feel like you learn a lot from them, I think you're really going to love my weekly newsletter called Communicate Confidently. If you want to sign up and join nearly 3,000 people that also get this newsletter every single week, all you have to do is go to the link in the description box of this episode on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, click the link and sign up. Right, let's get started. The first expression, as I mentioned in the introduction, is about describing a negotiation tactic. I'm actually going to start by telling you a little bit more about where this expression comes from, because as in the previous episodes on this, once you start to go back to the origin, the expression makes more sense. Sometimes when you see an expression at face value, like literally as it is, you think, how does that make any sense whatsoever? But when you peel back the layers, you start to see, ah, actually, that that does kind of make sense. It also really helps to tell stories because our brains work with stories. They That's how we kind of view life. So by telling a story and going back to the origin, what I'm also trying to do is help you remember what the expression means and to give you more context around that. We're going to start with this one, going to the United States. If you didn't know already, there's a game that people play called softball. As the name suggests, it's used with a soft, a soft ball, like it's it's literally a ball which is soft and it's much larger. There's also a game which is called baseball. I'm sure you've probably heard of that. It's much more widespread and much more popularly known, I think. However, in baseball, they don't use a large soft ball. Quite the opposite. They use a smaller harder ball. 
you're probably thinking, okay, Anna, you're talking about a lot of balls, hard balls, soft balls. Okay, all right, where is this going? Well, there's an expression in English which means to play hardball. I want you to imagine that you are in a negotiation process with two parties or different people at the table. And perhaps one of your colleagues describes the process or describes the other party better. And they say, yeah, they're, they're playing hardball. What are they trying to say? Well, what they're trying to say, and the clue really here is in the hard part, is that they're being difficult. They're being tough. They really want to get what they want. They're not being easy to negotiate with. They're being very aggressive. And this comes right back to that example of the softball and the hardball, because in baseball, it's a much harder ball. It's smaller. It's a little bit more aggressive, the ball, rather than this sort of soft ball that they play with, which is, you know, arguably much nicer than getting a baseball thrown at your head. I think I'd much rather have a softball rather than a baseball. Anyway, I digress. But essentially, if somebody says that the other party in a negotiation is playing hardball, they're saying that person or that group of people or whatever, that company, is being difficult, tough and aggressive. They're trying to do everything they can to get what they want. They're not really bothered about any consequences or negative consequences for the other parties involved in the negotiation. I think it's important as well to highlight here This is an expression that I would use to describe how somebody else is acting. It's probably not something I'm going to say directly to somebody's face. I'm probably not going to say if we're at a meeting, why are you playing hardball? That would be really direct. I'm I'm sure it's probably happened, but it's more likely to be something we would describe rather than something we could say to somebody directly. I think that's important to mention just in case you're like, oh, fantastic, I'm going to go and use this in the next meeting with our clients that are being really difficult. Proceed with caution. I think it's best to use it to describe something rather than use it directly. Moving on, the second expression on the list today also actually has a relation to sports. But let me give you a little bit of a context first. Imagine that you start playing a game with somebody. Maybe you start playing a board game. I like playing board games at Christmas. They tell you the rules and you start playing the game. Everything's fine. But then in the middle of the game, they say, um, yeah, sorry, no, new rule. We're not going to play it like this anymore. We're going to play it like this. And you're like, whoa, hold on a second. You can't change the rules of the game while you're in the middle of playing a game, right? That's not fair. And this is essentially the concept behind the next expression I'm going to talk about. And it goes with the same situation of imagine you're trying to define the scope in a project. You've done all the work, you've gone through it all, you've had the sessions, the workshops, whatever it is, and you've written down the scope for the project. This is what we're going to include. This is what we're going to be working on. And then at the last minute, the client changes their mind. They say, well, actually, we want to include this as well. Perhaps you could be discussing this with your manager and say, I I just don't know what to do. They're always moving the goalposts and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this. The expression, if you haven't guessed already, is to move the goalposts. And again, this is, as I said in the introduction, it's, it's a complaint. It's not a positive thing. If you're moving the goalposts, it's not like, oh, yay, fantastic. It's 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 not a good thing. 
Because what you're saying is, well, they're changing the conditions. And this has a disadvantage to us. It's not fair. We've already agreed that. You can't move the goalposts whenever you want after things have been agreed, right? When are you likely to hear this? Well, as I said, I think it would be really common to come up in a meeting if you're talking about defining the scope of any piece of work or any project. I also think it might be something that you would bring up with a boss that perhaps you feel is making your life a little bit difficult. And you feel they're always moving the goalposts. You're like, I, I, I don't know what you want me to do. You tell me to do one thing, but then I feel like you're always moving the goalposts or I feel like the goalposts are always moving. What is it that you want me to do? Because I'm feeling a little bit unclear right now. As with anything, there's a diplomatic and sensitive way to say something like this. Perhaps you say, I appreciate you want to create the best project possible, but it's becoming really difficult to work with you because we feel like the goalposts are being moved all the time. That might be something you would say to a client or a group of people. Again, it's a, it's a constructive piece of feedback, but it's said in a way that's more diplomatic and more sensitive. To sum up then, the important thing is to associate, if somebody talks about moving the goalposts, it's not a good thing. They're making a complaint about something, that conditions are changing. They're not really sure what to do. They feel it's unfair. They feel they're at a disadvantage. If you hear that in a meeting, that's what they're trying to get across. And maybe there'd be different contexts and whatever where it would come up. But it's, it's a negative thing. It's, it's not a good thing. They're not happy about something. Just to add that for me, and remember, I don't represent everybody. But for me, if somebody told me I was moving the goalpost, well, that's quite a direct piece of feedback because I know that it's negative. So perhaps if you wanted to give that feedback... Perhaps it was to your boss or maybe if it was even to a client, maybe a client that you have a lot of trust with that you know quite well, you would probably want to think about what's a sensitive and diplomatic way of delivering that. Otherwise, it might come across as a little bit direct, perhaps bordering on rude. So just be careful in terms of using that one. But from an understanding point of view, to move the goalposts is a negative thing. It's a complaint about something not being fair and changing things when they've already been agreed. By the way, I'm just popping in. If you didn't know, I do one-to-one coaching with professionals who really want to improve their confidence. If you're interested in working with me in one-to-one coaching, this is the best place to sign up. I don't advertise the coaching slots anywhere else. And it's a really popular program. So if you're the first person to know about new places, then you're going to get first access to those spots. If you're interested in working with me in 2024, you can register your interest. I'm going to leave the link in the description box for this episode. If you have any questions about it, do feel free to get in contact with me. Thanks. Finally, let's wrap up with the last expression. This time I want you to imagine a situation or maybe you don't have to imagine this, but you're in charge of a team. And you need to decide what the working model is going to be going forward. Are you going to have your team working 100% at home, hybrid model, or everybody in the office? You decide that you really want to have your team there at least two days a week in the office. But you're getting a lot of pushback 
pushback just means resistance. People aren't happy. They want to be at home all the time. And you're reviewing it with your boss afterwards. Maybe you get some feedback from a meeting, let's say. And your boss says, well, you know, what do you think we should do? And you're like, well, you know, I, I think we need to stick to our guns on this one. The reason why we're taking this decision is because we think it's really important that people have face-to-face contact during the week. We don't want to lose touch with people. We don't want them to lose that sense of loyalty that they have with the company. I appreciate that some people aren't very happy about it, but I really think that we need to stick to our guns on this one and, and set a precedent. If you haven't worked out already, our next expression is to stick to your guns. What does it mean? Well, you can kind of get a sense of it from that example, but basically it means to continue to have your own opinion or support your opinion or what you think is the best thing to do, even if other people object or they tell you that you're wrong. But you stick to your guns because perhaps you feel that something is it's the right way to do something. Or you stick to your guns because... It's based on data. It's based on fact. You're not budging. You're not going to change your opinion just because a couple of people are not happy about it. You're going to stick to your guns. This expression, interestingly, when I was researching this one, it's got its origin way back a few centuries ago in about 18th century. And apparently it originated from a time when guns were becoming the weapon of choice. It seems to be that it links back to the fact that when they were fighting, the people who were shooting, the gunners, let's say, were encouraged or, well, ordered to stay in their positions and shoot rather than running away to defend. And after that, apparently, that's where kind of the figurative element of it came in. So it seems like it actually started way back in a sort of more violent context. But now it means to defend in a figurative way. But in the past, it really meant to defend, you know, to, to, to not run away and to shoot things or people or whatever. That's where it comes from. And when you hear that story, you're like, okay, well, that makes more sense in terms of it means to defend your own opinion. You think that something is the right way to do something, so you stick to your guns. Let's wrap it up for today then. And the first expression that we touched on was to play hardball meaning to describe the other people in a negotiation that are being difficult, tough, aggressive, out to get what they want. They're not really interested in negotiating. They want things their way. Secondly, we had to move the goalposts. It's a complaint. If somebody is talking about people moving the goalposts, it means they're making something unfair and giving them a disadvantage. It's not a good thing. It's a complaint. Like the example we gave with the boss, you know, it, you know, you're always moving the goalposts. I don't really know what I need to do or what you want me to do. Finally, if you stick to your guns about a proposal or a change or something you feel is important to do in terms of strategy, for example, maybe you're part of the group of people that has to decide the strategy and you have to take a decision. I mean, there's always going to be people that are happy and people that aren't happy and Maybe they talk about the things that they're not happy with. You say, well, I I appreciate that, but I think we need to stick with our guns on this one. I think it's important to do it. I think it's going to be really crucial for the company to stick to your guns, to defend your ideas or to continue with something, even if there are 
objections or people tell you that you're wrong. I hope you found that really useful. I really love going through those expressions. Honestly, I hope the backstory as well, the the information about where it comes from helps you to kind of paint a picture in your head and, and just remember the meaning better. I think that's another problem is that you hear the expression, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before, but I can't remember what it means. I'll be putting all of these examples and some extra ones as well in the newsletter to help you consolidate what you've learned today. If you want to sign up to the newsletter, go to the link in the description box of this episode where there is a link that you can click, which will take you to the part where you can join the newsletter. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. I hope you did too. And I look forward to speaking to you next week as well. Have a good one. Bye.